So I want you to think about this idea of whose voice are you listening to? We all listen to something. We listen to uh, the voice inside of our head. Sometimes it drives us nuts. Sometimes we listen to the voice of our neighbor or our friend. Uh, We listen to the voice of music or movies. We listen to the voice of negativity or self-talk. Trevor, whose video I just showed, listened to a voice. Um, And it's not this uh, ethereal voice out there, but he was listening to things that he thought about himself, his own self-talk about how he was, or he was listening to the actions that he did and somehow that that was bad and and fell into this spiral. And I want to just challenge you today as we talk, we're going to talk about this idea of whose voice are you listening to. And I want to really challenge you with this idea of listening. How often do we listen? Or how often do we recognize what we're listening to? I want you to think about this idea. This idea of hearing is something that happens. It's a physiological thing that happens all the time. We hear 24-7. Even when we're sleeping, we're hearing. But how often are we paying attention to what we're listening to? And so today, I'm going to walk you through some different exercises in deliberately listening. And I'm going to have you come with a response. It's a response that maybe you make uh, to yourself and to the Lord, or maybe you need to talk to somebody at your table or a leader here afterwards. But today is going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to have you open your Bibles. I'm not going to have you take notes unless you want to. Uh, There'll be a point for you to maybe write some things down. So if you've got your phone out, use your phone. If you've got a piece of paper and, and you want to write it down or a notebook, great. But my question is, who are you listening to? What are you listening to? And how is it shaping your life? And are you okay with that? We're going to spend a lot of time in John chapter 10 today, verses 1 through 18. And I really uh, want to teach you this idea of Lectio Divina. Anybody heard of Lectio Divina before? Okay, good. A couple of you. So there are th- I'm going to read through this scripture three different times, and you're going to take three different postures as I read through it. The first one is just listening, just posturing yourself in a position to listen. And I'm going to read it slow. And so if you're really uh, a listener that needs to close your eyes so you don't have the distraction, if you need to put down your coffee or your donut, sorry, you'll pick them back up in a little bit, just to listen. If you need to sit on the outskirts of this room, do that. If you need to lie down prostrate because it helps you listen, however you listen best, I'm asking you right now to get into that posture. So do that. Go ahead right now. Go ahead and however you listen best, just get into that posture right now. And for the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm going to ask of you certain things. So this first part, Lectio, I'm going to read this passage very slowly, very intentionally and intently, and it's going to invite you to listen. And I'm going to read in such a way that invites patience, because what you're doing is you're inviting in the Holy Spirit. You're inviting the Holy Spirit in to begin the process of speaking to you. And for many of us, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit is difficult. It's difficult for me. I have to be very intentional about making room for the Holy Spirit and listening. Because we are so bombarded by other things that making space for the Holy Spirit takes time and intentionality. 
And so when I ask you, what voice are you listening to? I'm really wanting you to be honest with yourself. It's not a place for shame or guilt that if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, that somehow you're bad or you're wrong. That's a different voice that's creeping in right now, right? But I need you to be very honest with yourself that if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, what is getting in the way of that? Because we all want direction, right? I remember when I was in your stage of life and wanting to know, what does my future hold? Should I, should I date this person? Should I marry this person? Should I have this job? Should I go there for school? And you really want to know that future, right? And we get these thoughts that pop into our head. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. And you're like, but is that of the Holy Spirit or is that me? Or is that something else? Or we have things happen to us in our life and thoughts pop into our head that you're stupid or that you're not worth it, right? And you're like, okay, is that me? Where's that coming from? And if you don't have something that you're bouncing it off of, like the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, you begin to believe those things, right? And we talk, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. So just go ahead and position yourself right now for this first part of Lectio and allow yourself to be taken up by the words. And if something stands out to you, make note of it. If you need to open your eyes real quick and write that word down, okay? But listen to the Word of God out of John 10. Okay, here we go. Let me set this before you plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. He's a sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets to them all out, he leads them and they follow him because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to its sound. Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about, and so he tried it again. He goes, I'll be explicit. I am the gate for the sheep. All those who are up to no good are sheep stealers, every single one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for. Will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they can have real life, eternal life, more life than they've ever dreamed of. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd puts the sheep before himself. He sacrifices himself if necessary. A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He sees a wolf come, and he runs the opposite direction, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered. He's only in it for the money, and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and my sheep know me. In the same way, the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to these in the pen, and I need to gather them and bring them here too. They'll also recognize my voice, and will be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I freely lay down my life, and so I am free to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this authority personally, from my father. 
So if a word or a phrase came up, just go ahead and write it down. Something that stood out to you. Maybe something that the Holy Spirit is trying to do to get your attention. And if you didn't get anything, it's okay. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes something doesn't come up. So don't take that as a a negative thing. This next piece is the meditation piece. It's the response piece. So I'm going to read the passage again. And before we do, I want you to ask the Lord, what is my response? What response do you have for me in this? And I'm going to read the passage again. So just where you're at right now, just, just bow your heads and just ask the Lord, what, what would you have me do in response to this passage? And I want you to stay in that posture. And I want you to wait expectantly for what the Lord has for you. Consciously, consciously allow yourself to be opened up to the Holy Spirit. And if it's just something as simple as saying, Holy Spirit, come, speak to me in this moment. Pray that prayer. Let me say this to you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. He's a sheep stealer. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about, so he said this again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep, and all those who are up to no good are sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill, and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more life than they ever dreamed of. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd puts his sheep before himself and sacrifices himself if necessary. A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He sees a wolf come, and he runs for the hills, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered. He's only in it for the money, and it does not matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and my own sheep know me. In the same way, the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I put my sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. And you need to know that I have another sheep, other sheep in in addition to those in this pen, and I need to gather them and bring them here too. They'll recognize my voice, and then we'll be one flock, Free, um, this is why the Father loves me, because I freely lay down my life, and I'm so free to take it up again. No one takes it from me, 
I lay it down of my own free will, and I have the right to lay it down. I also have the right to take it up again. I received this authority personally from the Father. So what is the Lord asking of you? Maybe you heard something that you're not sure of right now. Write it down. We'll bring it back to him in a little bit. But maybe something stood out, and that was your desire. Maybe it's the first time you've ever considered listening to the shepherd's voice. And he's prompting you right now to listen. Maybe you've listened to the shepherd's voice for most of your life, but you've gone astray. And you've listened to other voices. And he's calling you back. Maybe he's put somebody in your life that needs to hear the shepherd's voice. And you need to, to respond that way. Whatever he's put in on your heart, write that down. What is your response? And I want you to come back and meditate on that today. Maybe don't act on it right now. Maybe you need to talk to one of us afterwards and say, here's what the Lord gave me. Can you help me decipher this or discern this? And the last part of Lectio Divina right now is going to be um, the contemplation, the contemplation piece. And this is where you have no control over. You're not asking God a question. What is my response? You're asking, you're just going to sit there and the, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you what he has for you. Just to be. This is really, I want you to really get into a place. If you're not comfortable closing your eyes, I'm going to challenge you to maybe look down or not look up here. But this is a time where I really want you to lean into that, closing your eyes, freeing yourself of distractions. Because this is a point now where the Holy Spirit's going to come and say, here's my response to you. Here's what I have for you, child of God. Whether you've chosen God or not, you're still a child of God. I want you to hear that right now. Maybe you don't feel like it. Maybe you don't think that way. Wherever you've made the choice or not, you're still God's child, and he's still pursuing you in such a beautiful way. And this is a time for him to say, my child, here's what I have for you. Here's what I see in you. Here's what I value in you. Here's you, who you are to me. And it might be something that comes out of this passage, but it might be something else that the Holy Spirit speaks to you specifically. So go ahead and close your eyes. And again, if you're not comfortable closing your eyes, just go ahead and look at a piece of chair in front of you or on the table. And really lean in, Holy Spirit. Come and just speak. Let me say this. Let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate... You know he's up to no good. He's a sheep stealer. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and he rec- the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them out, he leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they're not used to the sound of it. Jesus told them the simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried it again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. They're sheep stealers, every single one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to kill to steal, and to destroy. 
I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd puts his sheep before himself. He sacrifices himself if necessary. A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He sees a wolf come out and run for the hills, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered by the wolf. He's only in it for the money. The sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and my sheep know me. In the, way, um, in the same way, the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen, and I need to bring them here too. They will recognize my voice. Then we will be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I freely lay down my life. And so I am free to take it up again. No one takes it from me, and I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this authority from my Father. So go ahead and just stay in that posture for right now. Let me pray over you for this moment. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you, in this moment right now, Lord, speak to the unique needs that are in this room. Lord, I pray that you would be a true and revealing light to things that need to be brought into the light, to the lies that maybe we've been listening to or following. And Lord, as we spend this last bit of time together contemplating where you have us and who we are, I pray that you would speak loud and clear. And Lord, I pray for those that have never heard your voice in a clear way, Lord, I pray that it would be so distinct and so real that it would be undeniable. We believe these things in the strong name of Jesus. So as you sit there and just contemplate this passage, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I want you to consider things here. We all have wounds. We all have things in our life that craft who we think we are, who we say we are. Sometimes that comes from our mom or our dad or siblings. Sometimes that comes from an experience. Whatever it is, we begin to listen to these words. We begin to listen to these ideas and these thoughts, and we start to believe them. And a lot of times they become our own voice. And we begin to make stories up about who we are, and they become our truth. And I want you now to hear this, and I believe this is a word for some of you from the Lord, that those are lies. Those are not who you are. Those are not who you are created to be. You are a child, a son and daughter of the Most High God. And whatever story you've been telling yourself, whatever lie that you've been listening to from the thief, from the sheep stealer, I want to break that today in Jesus' name. You are loved. You are worth it. And you need to start telling yourself that. And I want you to hear the voice of the shepherd. Because the voice of the shepherd never lies. The voice of the shepherd never will lead you astray. And I want you each individually to be able to hear his voice. And sometimes that... And one of the things that 
I find very often is that those stories that we start telling ourselves, the lies that we believe, begin uh, to project on to ourselves or others that this is all we get, this is all we deserve. That the struggle, the stronghold, the lie is the best that we can do and the best that we can get. And I want you to remember this idea. When I talked last time, we talked about neural pathways and, and, and how our brain develops. Our, actually, our brain strengthens and develops based on what we tell ourselves. And so if you ever struggled with a habit, right, something you do over and over again, but you can't, you know, you get halfway through it and you're like, oh, I shouldn't do it that way, that's a habit. But a habit is because we've strengthened our brain in that direction to such a degree that it becomes second nature. And for a lot of us, me included, this idea of, of telling ourselves who we are has become second nature. It's become a habit. We just dive right into it. We don't have anything challenging us. And part of the reason that I felt the Lord just calling me today to, to, to speak and call out those lies is that some of you need to be told that that's not the truth. That's not who you are. And that's what I call, so what we're doing, what we've been doing, what I've been doing, and I could sit down and tell you my testimony uh, if you want to talk one-on-one, but what I used to do was I chased that lie. I chased that lie that I wasn't good enough, that I was worthless, that I didn't amount to anything, that I could never amount to anything. And that was reinforced by the thief. And it's funny, a lot of times Satan will just come in and make those agreements. Yeah, that's true. You're not, worth, you're not worth anything, right? And that, that reinforces that thought. And it wasn't until I was older and learned to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit that I began to change how I thought. And I want to tell you that it's not as good as it gets where you're at right now. That striving for the Holy Spirit to speak into your life and the truth uh, is a a beautiful, beautiful process. Uh, it's refining. It's, it's, it's uh, revealing. And I know there's some of you that I know in here that have had that process happen to you, whether it be through a mentor or through a spiritual director or through a counselor. But when the Holy Spirit speaks, it almost makes you stop in your tracks. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to get back in that place of stillness, of quietness before the Holy Spirit, before the Lord. And I want you to confess this lie that you've been chasing. If you don't have one, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just farther along than the rest of us, which is good. You could help us out. But if you've written down a lie that you've been chasing, I just encourage you right now to confess that to him and say, Lord, I I want to give this to you. I can't do this anymore. This is not who I want to be. This is not who I am. So in the, in the quietness of your, your table, uh, just go ahead and confess that lie to him. Sometimes it's scary to give up the lie because it's become so familiar to us. We know how to operate in that. We know that if I think this way, I'm going to act this way. I'm going to believe this way. I'm going to get response this way. And so stepping out into a new way of thinking can be very scary. And I want to recognize and validate that. To think differently sometimes means that we have to change and shift the way we've operated for a long time. And so don't do this alone. I'm going to encourage you to pair up with a leader or somebody at your table to walk with you through this. And one of the things I want to do uh, to um, 
end our time together is I'm going to take you through a guided imagery prayer. And so really, now this is a, uh, I'm, I'm really going to encourage you that if sitting on a chair is not comfortable for you and you need to sit down on the floor, you need to kneel, you need to lie down, uh, put your head down on the table, I'm going to ask you to put away your pens uh, and just get really comfortable because we're going to spend some time um, with, with Jesus. And then I have a, a response or a question for you after this, a chance for you to take action, a chance for you to say, you know what, enough's enough. I'm tired of chasing the lie. I'm tired of listening to the voice that never brings fulfillment. I'm tired of listening to the voice that never brings joy. And I'm ready to listen to the voice of the Spirit. So go ahead and just get comfortable. Go ahead and close your eyes. And as I prompt you through this reading, just go ahead and respond. If you get distracted by a sound or somebody coughing or somebody moving around, just note what it is and come back to this moment. Don't try to force it. Just come, allow it to come as it comes. I want you to imagine that you're in a dark room. It's where you've been sleeping for the night. And just as first birds began their early morning songs and the first rays of sun show through your curtains, you wake up. You're peaceful and rested. And you feel like getting up. You go down to your kitchen and you pour a fresh, cool glass of water and you step outside onto your back porch. As you take a deep breath in, you smell the freshness of the night all around you. And as a little more light dawns, you find a quiet place to sit. No one else is there. Everyone else in your home is still asleep. And you feel peaceful. But you're waiting. 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 As you breathe deeply in, a cool breeze blows across your face. And you feel the coolness on your face and on your body. And you feel very close to God. And it's still so very quiet. Only the birds are calling and the breeze is blowing and you're peaceful. As you take a deep breath in, you discover that you're feeling healthy after a good night's sleep. Gradually, you become aware of an imminent presence. It's another person. And as you focus your eyes towards the rising sun, you see a figure coming towards you. The person comes very close and sits down next to you. You you don't know his face, but you know his presence. And he seems to know you quite well. And he sits very close, putting his arm around your shoulder, and he whispers your name. He whispers, don't be afraid. I am Abba Father, and I love you. Jesus thanks you for being who you are, and he thanks you for being mindful of people in need. And as he gives you a squeeze, you feel him close to you, 
and you sit with him in silence for some time as you watch the sunrise. As you sit together, he turns towards you and says, My child, I came to die for your sins and restore your soul to give you new life. Come find rest in me. And as he sits there and stares into your eyes, he goes, My child, what burden, what lie do you need to give to me at this moment? Just spend some time right now talking with the Lord. Give him the lie. Give him the burden that you've been carrying in this moment. Jesus hugs you. Tells you he loves you. And gets up and walks down the path that he came from. And as you sit there, you're grateful for the time that you've had with him. And you are aware that you've been given strength to walk the path that he set out for you. I want you just to stay in this place for a minute. And I want to ask you a question. Do you know the shepherd's voice? Have you experienced the truth that comes from him? Second question, maybe you've known the shepherd's voice a time in your life and you've chosen or just by life happenstance have lost sight of that voice and you've walked away and he's asking you to come back. I don't want anybody to leave here today without the experience or the opportunity to hear the shepherd's voice again. And so I just want to ask you this question. Is there anybody here that would like to meet the shepherd for the first time? To hear the voice of the Lord for the first time? And with your eyes closed, I just would ask that if you want that, to just go ahead and slip up your hand. knowing that this new journey might be a difficult one, but it's one that leads towards joy and towards towards hope. And if you need to talk to somebody afterwards, please do. But maybe you're in the second camp. Maybe you have heard the shepherd's voice at one time, but have chosen either by yourself to walk away, or maybe life has taken you down that path. And you'd like to re- Engage the voice of the shepherd. If that's you, I would encourage you just to go ahead and raise your hand. You'd like to re-engage the voice of the shepherd. Re-engage the voice of the Holy Spirit. And today you're saying, I'm making that commitment to be still, to be intentional about the Spirit. Thank you. What I want to do now, I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to encourage you to stay at your table. And I want you to discuss 
a couple questions that I'll give you after we pray. And then if you need prayer, uh, there'll be some leaders around the outside of the room. You're more than welcome to come. I'll be up here if you want us to pray with you, to pray over you, if you've got questions. Um, But also, this is a great time to uh, foster community. So maybe you were sitting with some safe people at your table, and you'd like to spend some time in prayer. Uh, Maybe it's a good time to practice this idea of confession, and you share with people in your table or a partner at your table what lie you've been struggling with so they can walk this journey with you. We're not not meant to walk this alone, guys. We're meant to walk this in community. So let me pray over you, and then I'll just give you a chance to to spend some time at your table in discussion. Abba, Father, we come before you and are just so grateful for this time to, to experience you in a new way. And Lord, I pray that if there are anyone here uh, that don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would not leave here without taking the opportunity to, to talk with somebody about what it looks like to, to enter into relationship with you. And Lord, for those that are desirous of re-engaging you, Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray that you would uh, bring people alongside of them to mentor and to help guide them uh, towards listening to your voice, Lord. And for the rest of us, I pray that we would never lose sight of the shepherd's voice, that we would be intentional about finding space and finding time to listen and to be with you. Come, Holy Spirit, and guide us as we try to figure out this journey with you and what it looks like to be your child. Help us break the lies that we've become so familiar with, Lord, and replace them with the truth of your word. In Jesus' name. So at your table, I'm going to ask you, if you've got some prayer requests about this topic, engage your table. Uh, Maybe uh, one of you can step up as a leader and just talk about what maybe the Holy Spirit taught you today. Um, But take this time for community. Uh, Maybe talk about the lie that you've been struggling with. Maybe talk about what it's like to listen to the shepherd's voice. If you have become accustomed to the shepherd's voice, you can encourage others of what that looks like. Maybe take some time talking about maybe what's keeping you from hearing the shepherd's voice. Busyness, um, loud voices of, of the culture. But find time to encourage each other. And then uh, myself and others will be around the room if you need some time for prayer. And uh, we will dismiss in about uh, 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes or so. So I know there's probably a lot of conversation that can be had, and I would really encourage you to continue that conversation. But I also wanted to tell you about something. So... You see on your table these bracelets, um, the Me Too bracelet. So when I came here a couple weeks ago, or months ago, talked about this idea that we're starting a, a movement on social media called Me Too. Trevor's video was one of those. If you go to mayfieldcounseling.com backslash Me Too, you'll see other videos. But the beauty of these videos is they actually have five questions to each video. And so it gets us to start talking about our struggles with mental health. And so if you have somebody... Uh, that you know that you don't know how to bring it up. Hey, I know you're struggling. I'm here for you. You can say, hey, let's go watch this video together, and let's talk about these questions. Uh, Three more videos are coming up, and then we're actually an open casting call for 10 more videos that we'll be filming in August. And so um, if you want to be involved, I'll give you my email address right now. You can write that down and just email me, and I'll put you in contact with our producer, uh, Trevor, actually, whose video you saw. Um, so my email is real easy. It's mark, M-A-R-K, at mayfieldcounseling.com. 
marketmayfieldcounseling.com. Josh has got it. Uh, Jesse's got it. Anybody, feel free to give it out if you are interested. What we do is we'll send you a story template, and you'll actually fill your story out, and you'll sit down with us, and we'll coach you through it. Um, but these videos have already had uh, about 20,000 views uh, in just in the, call, in, the, in the last couple of months. So this is going to be a really cool tool. And it's, there's some that are uh, God-focused and a lot of them that aren't going to be so that you can actually use it as a tool to be able to, to talk about your faith with people without being too in their face. Our hope, actually, is to get these into the public school systems here in Colorado Springs to end the suicide epidemic. So uh, if you're interested, great. If not... Please wear these proudly, um, and we have a bunch, so you can take. We're not taking these back up, so if there's leftovers, take them and give them to people. Um, but we are just excited about what God is doing in this community, and if you want to be involved, let us know. Uh, but I'm going to have Josh come back up and, and finish this up. Dr. Mark, thank you so much. Young adults, let's give Dr. Mark some love. We, uh, we went a little bit later today uh, intentionally, but I, I just want to say one thing real quick before we close. Some of you may have come in here this morning and thinking, what the heck just happened? I was not expecting this. I was kind of expecting some slides on the screen. I opened my Bibles, like the, whatever. And it may be your first time here and you're thinking, who the heck are you people? That was amazing. I don't know about that. Wherever you are. Maybe you're a regular and you're feeling this out, but... Uh, a good principle to keep in mind is there's some mornings uh, to come as the body of Christ and to drink deep and to feed on the word, and there's other mornings to come and primarily encounter. And what we just did was encounter, and it was stop, and it was uh, without rushing and without really routine and without a to-do list to do, we just stopped, and we said, come Holy Spirit, and we drank deep of his love. And so um, we're going to be doing that from time to time around here, so expect that. This is kind of who we are uh, and what we do. So thank you for um, uh, sticking with Dr. Mark. Thank you for engaging. Thank you for pressing in. And keep it coming um, this week, this summer, and uh, throughout your lives as you lean in and listen for the shepherd's voice. Amen. Uh, well, let's pray. Let me pray for you, and then we'll dismiss. Father, thank you for these young adults. Thank you for all that you're doing in them. Thank you for this morning where we could encounter you and we could uh, lay down in green pastures and have you lead us besides still and quiet waters. Thank you, O oh God, Lord of life, for restoring our soul. Thank you for leading us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And I pray for these young adults that this week and this month and throughout the summer, Lord, I pray that you would... Uh, you would refresh them. You would strengthen them. Let this be a summer, even in the busyness and even with work and uh, anything that's going on. I pray for rest and I pray for life. And I pray that you, oh God, uh, as you are Emmanuel, you would draw near to us. You'd speak to us. And may we be the sheep and the people of God that hear your voice. Would you send these young adults out here in power? Let them be salt and light this week to the dying and broken world around them. Let them have conversations. Let them love. Let them look like Jesus with skin on uh, in their personal lives and relationship all week long. We thank you and pray these things in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen, young adults.